0: Well, hello there, my lovely binge thinkers, and welcome to another episode of Binge Thinking. This, of course, is the podcast show where we interview interesting and downright inspiring millennials about their lives, their passions, their struggles, and how they want to change the world. Thank you so much for downloading this show. As you would know, we're trying to build a supportive community here where young people are respected for their achievements and the challenges they face are given proper acknowledgement. We hope that you enjoy the show and find it encouraging to hear the stories that we're sharing. Now first, a bit of housekeeping. As always, a big shout-out and thanks to listeners who gave us feedback for previous episodes. Thanks to friend of the show, Neil Clark, for passing on her excitement about hearing Jared Gear's story on his artistic endeavours in episode 18. Thanks also to Tim Johnson for sharing episode 19 with Jasmine Westendorf on his Twitter. And a very special thanks to Emily Newton, who shared a beautiful post on Facebook saying how excited she was to discover our show. That actually made my day, Emily, if you're listening, so uh, thank you so much for that. If you feel as happy to be listening to this show as those fine people are, then get in touch with us or write us a review on iTunes or share our Facebook page with your friends or on Instagram, or on Twitter, or anything. If you let us know about what you've said, or, or if you give us feedback directly, I will read it out in the next episode. Now, we recently had binge thinking stickers printed. If you want one, so you can show off your genuine status as a true binge thinker, and that you were listening to the show before we made it big, you can email us at bingethinkingshow at gmail.com, And we will send you one for free. What's that, Casper? For free, you say? Yes, that's right. We're giving them away for free. Why? Because we want to show our appreciation for your support. And of course, by you having a sticker, we can get the show out there in the real world far more effectively than if we did it by ourselves. So, if you're a big fan and you love what we're doing and you've been wondering how you can support the show beyond finding us on social media and telling your friends about the show, and you want a free sticker, just email us, bingethinkingshow at gmail.com with your name and your physical address, and we'll just send you one. That's it. So simple. We'll pay to send it to you anywhere in the world. That's my pledge to you. Okay. In this episode, I spoke with the amazing Amadou Suso. Amadou is a 25-year-old musician from the Gambia in West Africa. He plays the kora, which is a traditional Gambian instrument, and he is a direct descendant of the first kora player. His family have been playing it for hundreds of years. We got binge thinking about his journey from the Gambia to Australia and his incredible fusion of traditional Gambian music with jazz, carving out a path for musical innovation. I don't want to ruin the surprises, Um, I'm going to let Amadou tell his story to you all himself. But as always, this episode was produced by Nina Roxburgh and features music by Big Gigantic. And you can follow us, myself, Casper, and the producer Nina on Twitter as well. But now, Binge Thinking presents Amadou Suso.
1: Otherwise, I wouldn't have a piece. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I don't know. Since when I was a kid, you know, I was very stubborn, you know. I always want to keep playing. You know, I, I can't stop playing music, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: When did you decide to start playing music?
1: Um, since when I was six or seven, if I could remember properly. Mm. Um, yeah, that's when I started playing music. But Before I play music, like... Yeah, it was a thing that I can resist. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's who I
0: am. Mm. Sure thing. Yeah. So, we're binge thinking, episode 20, and I'm sitting opposite a very exciting guest, Amadou. Is that how you say your name? Yes. Amadou? Amadou, yeah. Amadou Suso. That's correct. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Amadou, thanks so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. (laughs) It's a real honor to have you here. Pleasure. Um, Can you tell the audience listening, just a bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do.
1: Uh, my name is Ahmed Suso. I'm from Gambia, West Africa. And I'm a singer and a songwriter. And the instrument that I play is called the kora. It's been handed down from father to son for the past couple hundred years in my family.
0: Mm. Tell me a bit about the kora. Well,
1: um, it's a bit of a long story because um, my great-great-great-grandfather, you know, he used to have many wives so because he's got too many wives he had a family stress so he decided to go to the beach to wipe out his stress and while he was there there was a lady walking towards him trying to help him and he was like i'm sorry i don't need your help because i've had enough and right now i just need to be myself and the lady told him that she's not a human being she's someone who is an angel or something and he said show me proof mm-hmm. just prove it and then the lady started turning into um different animals until he was scared and he mm-hmm. said to her sorry how can you help me and she said okay follow me and when he followed her she took her into a small room in gambia it's called santa Mentoring. and get inside that little house and just magically gave this instrument to my great-great-grandfather. And she told him that you can benefit yourself with this thing, and your great-great-grandchildren can also benefit themselves on this instrument, passing it down from father to son, from father to son. That's how it got to me. Mm. Um, The core uh, is 22 strings. It's mm. 21, but I added my own note, you know. <laughs> so I make it 22. <laughs> so... Kora is a very special instrument and unique. It's not similar to any other instrument. I've never seen anything that is similar to a chora. Have you?
0: Uh, no. I mean, you. I think you said in one show, it's kind of like a harp. Yeah. Mixed with a guitar. Yeah, exactly.
1: Something so, like that. Yeah. But it's totally different. Yeah, it's yeah. different, you know. Yeah. And the sound of it is something else as well. Mm. Yeah.
0: Is that the founding like story of the chora?
1: Yes. I am... Descendant of the first Chora master. Wow. Yeah. I just don't really like to say it, but yeah. you know, sometimes I think it's good to say it for people to know exactly what is the Chora and where it came from mm. and how it became into my family. I think mm. it's important for some people also to know.
0: Mm. Yeah. So when you were growing up and you were hearing this story, mm. did you feel like you had to be a Chora player or was it a choice? It was a choice.
1: Mm. When I was a kid, you know, I loved playing the Chora, but my dad didn't want me to play because he wanted me to complete my education. Mm -hmm. And then I can start learning the Chora, and that was a bit annoying for me because I just wanted (laughs) to play, you know? Yeah. So I told him to teach me, and he was like, no, I don't want to teach you now. I want you to complete your education, and then this thing will never pass. It's a legacy. Anytime you started learning, you'll play it straight away. Mm. No doubts about that. And I was Mm. like, I told him that, you know, I don't want to wait until when I'm old and then, you know, trying to play this thing. It's going to take a while to be a professional choral player, you know? And Mm. so I didn't listen to him. I just started playing by myself. So
0: you didn't finish
1: your high nah, school? Nah, because I wanted to play the Chora. Yeah. Just to be a professional Chora player, but he refused to teach me, and I was like, okay, so I think I might just have to teach
0: myself then.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. So you really feel like it was inside you? Yeah. Wow. And the
1: thing about me was, um, since when I've fallen in love with the Chora, anything that I hear, any kind of melody that I hear, mm. I can just play it straight away. Really? Yes. On the Chora? On just the Chora. Always? Always. Wow. No matter how long the melodies I will just play it. I think I play most okay. national anthems on Chora.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Play the Australian yeah. national anthem on Kora. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay. Seriously. Have you ever done that on stage? No. <laughs>
1: but one day I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Tell me how you came to Australia.
1: Me, anyway, um, I've got a good friend, Steve Perry. He's a British, but he's been living here for the past maybe 30 years. So he came to Gambia in 2012 for a you know, holiday because mm-hmm. he have never been to there. One day I was doing like a traditional rehearsal that he waited until when we finished and he said to me, Amadou, you sound amazing, like the way you play the Chora is just insane and you are the youngest Chora player in disguise. It was like four Chora players, four mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. And he was like, can we have a jam? I said, yeah, sure. I, I just can't wait. Mm. you know that's always what i want to hear to have a yeah. jam yeah, especially yeah. with someone who is from abroad and he's playing a different style of what we play you know yeah, yeah so i was so excited so i grabbed my cora you know i followed his scale and we just started jamming and i was going crazy doing crazy solos and he was like whoa i have to record this on my phone do you mind and i was like no problem yeah and he said, do you mind if we play like some of your traditional songs, things like that? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's good to exchange cultures. Yeah, yeah. No worries. And then we play some traditional tunes and he was like, wow. He couldn't understand because yeah. it's so complicated. It's like bass, rhythm, melody, improvise going on at the same time, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. one spot. Yeah. So that all, on co- the, all on the one instrument. Yeah, you know, that kind of confused him and he was like, Yeah, it took him a few days to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was trying so hard. (laughs) You know, it was hard, but, you know. And then, like, a couple of days later, he invited me to go to his place, like, where he was staying. He took his um, Zoom recorder, Mm -hmm. and then we recorded. Yeah. He did a bit of editing, and I introduced him to one of my mates called Lucifer. He's a great singer. Yeah. That's how we all got together and couple of weeks later Steve told me that he's flying back to Australia and I was like okay no worries I hope I will see you in the future somewhere yeah and then four months later he just rang me one day he said mate man I've been listening to this recording over and over (laughs) and over and And I'm like what are you talking about he was like yeah this thing sounds so amazing so I was wondering I want to do like an Australia tour with you guys if that's Mm -hmm. okay and I was like Okay, I will talk to Yusufa about it and see. But I think it should be fine. Yeah. Because But Yusufa also is a very, very famous singer in Gambit. Right, He's okay. like the Michael Jackson. Okay. Very famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so then I had the chance to convince my friend Yusufa. Yeah. I said, you see, this guy, we have to trust him. Mm-hmm. I had a good feeling about him. And I want you to trust me as your brother. And he was like, oh, I'm at, you know, I work professionally because I've been traveling for a really, really long time. So I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I know what you're doing, but you have to trust me. Yeah. Yeah. So you really yeah, had to go know, out on a limb here. Yeah. 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 So I spoke to Steve. I said, look, everything seems like very positive. So I think we'll make this work. So Steve applied the visa and then that's how we came to Australia. mm We came, we played at um, so many, many festivals. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember some of them. (laughs) But the big ones, I think I can remember those ones. Yeah. Yeah, Woodford and...
0: Woodford Folk Festival. Yeah, Woodford Folk
1: Festival and um, Port Ferry. Port
0: Ferry Folk Festival. Yeah, and
1: Feverage Folk Festival in Perth. Mm -hmm. National Folk Festival in Canberra. Yep. An Iluwara Folk Festival in Wollongong. Mm-hmm. Man, uncountable festivals, to be honest. If I wanna <laughs> name the festivals, we're gonna sleep here tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there were a lot of festivals. So we came for seven months, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the visa run out. Yeah, you
0: know when the visa run out, you had to leave the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So you did this tour in Australia. Mm. You're going and playing all these festivals. You're here for seven months, mm. you're making great friends. You got a new Australian family and everything. And then you head back to Gambia. Yeah. But here you are sitting at my house in Melbourne, you Again. know, in Brunswick. <laughs> and you're playing gigs in, in all over Melbourne. We'll get to that later. But how'd you come back? So at the end of the tour, I met
1: this, this woman, you know. We started chatting. Mm-hmm. Just for a little bit. Yeah. She seems really nice. But I told her that, you know, I had to go back to Africa. Mm-hmm. We tried to stay in touch as much as possible, you know, because we are trying to get to know each other. Mm. After six months, she said, you know, she wanted me to come over again for a few months and then see how it goes. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I was in Australia like a couple of months ago, so I would... Prefer if you come over Yeah <laughs> you know to meet my whole family mm-hmm. and yeah that's how it happens and then she ended up there for like three months. Mm-hmm. Everybody just ended up loving her so much. <laughs> they will cook her every day. Yeah. Sometimes she'll be like, oh, no, I'm full, man. I can't yeah, eat anymore. Yeah, yeah. And they will be like, no, we don't want you to go back to Australia and your family will think that we didn't look after you. Yeah. You have to eat. Yeah. She'll be like, oh I'm, not too, oh, I'm full. I can't eat anymore. And I'm like, you have to. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Crazy Classic. African
1: culture, yeah. But she loved it. So when she came back to Australia... She applied for um, partner visa, Mm. and then we ended up getting married.
0: That's incredible. Mm. And So, what's your passion, Amadou?
1: My passion is music. That's the reality. I can't do anything without music. Because believe me, I wish you were staying at my house, and you will understand exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. Sometimes my wife will get so annoyed. (laughs) <laughs> in the middle of the night, I wake up like 3 o'clock in the morning and I'll be playing the <laughs> Chora. And she'll be like, are you insane? <laughs> Please put that away. It's not going to run away. <laughs> you can always practice in the morning. I'm like, darling, you don't understand. A single day, I swear, if I don't play a Chora, it seems like something is missing. It's mm. like a drug to me. Mm. It's like, you know, when you're addicted to... A smoking or whatever mm-hmm. thing yeah if you don't use it you are not normal yeah that's what the kora does to me mm. seriously every single day i have to play it and anywhere that i'm going i have to have it with me yeah at the moment it's in the car <laughs> it's my weapon i have yeah. to have it anywhere <laughs> so man music i don't know what else will i be doing without music mm. that's my passion bro yeah mm.
0: And like I said before, you know, when you first came in, like you couldn't keep your see? keep your eyes off the That's guitar. That's the one example. Yeah, like <laughs> you just, you had to play it, yeah. you know. You just, uh, you have that in, in you. Yeah. yeah. You know, I first saw you because a friend of mine told me about this band. He said, yeah. You've got to see this band. They're amazing. Yeah. And I said, oh yeah, what well, is, you know. <laughs> Senegambian Jazz Band. Jazz tell, Band. Tell me about this jazz band. How did it start?
1: So Senegambian Jazz Band that means a melting pot, you know? So it includes Gambia, Senegal, Ethiopia, Ghana, and Australia. Mm. So when I first moved to Melbourne, I met Bubakar Gay. He's the percussion player. He introduced me to Tom Benson. Tom Benson is the saxophone player. Mm. And then we started playing, and then we just said, okay, guys, we are sounding amazing. How about we form a band? Yeah. And Bubba was thinking, he was like, I don't know, because there are so many jazz bands. Afro jazz, Senegalese jazz. And I was like, how about we call it the Senegambian jazz band? he was like. Wow, I've never heard of that in my entire life. Mm-hmm. He just Googled it because, you know, we want to make sure that we are naming a band a name that doesn't exist. Yeah, right. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he Googled, but he didn't see any other band called the Senegambian Jasper. Mm. It's not there. Yeah, so it's so, free. Yeah, You're ready to take yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I said, let's call it that. Yeah, And then he said, man... Bravo and then bingo. There you go. Yeah, we named it the Senegambian jazz band and we started playing but by then It was trio. This was three years ago. hmm So it was me boob and Tom Benson. Yeah, so we used to play at small restaurants in St. Gilda yeah. and you know food square as well yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how we started the band and then one day We organized a big jamming in St. Kilda. Mm. so my wife's brother He's an amazing keyboard player, Daniel Zizin. Mm-hmm. So he came along with two of his friends. The other one was called Steve Allenham. He's a drum kit player. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Yosef from Ethiopia, an incredible bass player. Yeah. So when they came and then you know we set up and just started playing, we were sounding amazing, amazing. And Buba was like, man, I think the group is complete. <laughs> 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 because Daniel is an amazing keyboard player. Steve is an amazing drummer. And Joseph is a magnificent bass player. Mm. And I'm a choral player and a singer. And Buba is a chamber player. And we've got Tom Benson on the sax. Yeah. We are not lack of any other instrument. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is completed. You got everything in yeah. So, you know, that's how we started. Mm. And we were like, okay. You know, we started playing at small venues like St. Kilda mm-hmm. at the Big Mouth. Yep. And the Tough in Town. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the city, yeah. So that's how we formed the band. But, uh, you know, at the end, Daniel couldn't keep going mm-hmm. my brother-in-law mm-hmm. so he had to pull out and mm-hmm. we were fine with that because as long as we have the cora, and the sax and drums and bass still mm-hmm. it's not a big problem it's not under cab, you know yeah, yeah yeah so he pull out and we keep going mm-hmm. and going 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 and
0: how long how many years has it been now
1: Three years now. Three years. Yeah, like this year.
0: And can you describe the sound a little bit? What's it sound like? Because most people listening yeah. have probably never heard an African jazz band before.
1: Okay. So, Senegambian jazz band's music, it's... Um, because what I do, I upside down the traditional songs. Mm-hmm. So, it's not technically jazz, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, it's like 50% jazz, 50% Afro-manding.
0: Afro yeah, that's my tradi- that?
1: traditional music. Mm. Oh my god, I wish my beautiful Cora was here. Oh, we'll get
0: it later. We'll get it later. It's <laughs> cool. Fine.
1: So, to be honest, I can't describe it because yeah. it's not similar to anything that I can compare it to. Mm-hmm. So, what I, the way that I can describe it is just to play, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you can figure that
0: out. By yourself, you yeah. Know, but I can't. So it's this kind of traditional Gambian, West African yeah. style of music, exactly with the something Chora. like that, yeah. And then you're kind of mixing that
1: with, with Western modern jazzy, yeah, yeah.
0: And and I noticed when you play on stage, you you put it looks like you put got the Kora yeah. going through like uh, effects, yes, like you would with an electric guitar or something, yes. What effects do you use?
1: Well. Mostly I use chorus. Mm -hmm. Chorus sound? Yeah. You know chorus. Yeah, I know chorus. So I use chorus for um, most of the songs Mm -hmm. because the chorus sounds just so sweet. Like when I'm playing, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. And sometimes I can, you know, mix it with a little bit of delay and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mix it together. Yeah. And I got some harmonies as well. Mm -hmm. And I can... Combine everything together. Yeah. I got organ sound. Yeah. Sometimes I can just be representing the keyboard. Yeah, but it's not keyboard. It's a cora. It's a cora. But very I'm stealing the the sound from the yeah. pedal yeah, from the yeah, effects. Yeah. You know, so I do different kind of crazy things. Mm. Yeah, because we are living in a modern world now. Mm. I don't want to be doing too much of traditional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on the kind of gigs that I'm playing. Mm. If it's if I'm playing for old people, I will always play traditional. Yeah. But for the young generation, yeah, I'll just play something that they will love to dance on. Mm. Like function, Afro beats and mm. those kind of West African toof and stuff, you yeah. know. You yeah. saw my concert, so yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. so
0: so was that always your thinking? Like did you kind of deliberately sit down one day and go, when, you know what? I wanna use the chord differently, or did it just kind of happen naturally because you met the right musicians and things just happen? Well, I was motivated
1: by one great, great, great kora player.
0: His name is
1: Seriba Kuyate, mm-hmm. one of the most amazing kora players I've ever heard of. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like the way he plays the Korra. I think he's the first person who started playing Korra into jazz visions. Mm-hmm. Like he would play Tech Five, Spain, and so many crazy jazz songs you yeah. know yeah yeah and i think that's how i get into jazz music mm. and i was also like okay so i think i will just try what server does because he doesn't just do traditional but he also play western music you know in the 80s he would play like phil Collins song yeah. Ding, ding, dang, dang, ding. ding, ding. Yeah, it was yeah, the first yeah. person who played those kind of melodies and people were going crazy. Yeah. you <laughs> like, no, that's the keyboard or what? <laughs> but actually it was the chora because he pushed the level of the chora to another level mm. that people were not expecting. Mm. So, you know. I was like, Yeah, I will try and do the same thing. It was hard in the beginning, but I started listening to big jazz musicians like John McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. H.N. Mbappe, and Dave Wakel, mm. Richard Bonner, everybody. Yeah, Because I don't just listen to choral players, but mm. guitar players as well, and keyboard players, and yeah. drummers. Yeah, It's good. I learn from everywhere. I mm. get my inspiration from everywhere. Mm. Yeah. So, and then I learned so much while I was in Gambia, you know, just from YouTube, you know, yeah, listening yeah. to this big musician. So when I came over, so it was easy for me mm. because steve also is a great jazz musician the mm. guy who first brought me to australia yeah. and he was also teaching me about music theories and stuff mm-hmm. because back in the days i didn't know the chords yeah i can play any melody yeah but i don't know the chords mm. if you ask me um it's like the
0: jimmy hendrix you know, that never yeah. learned to play to read play, music
1: give me fcd or this and this and i'll be yeah. like what are you talking about yeah yeah but if you play I will find my way to you. Yeah, I will tune and play exactly what you are playing, yeah. but I didn't know the chords. Mm. You know, so that's how I started. You know, doing jazz fusions, and luckily when I met with these great musicians of the Senegambian jazz band, yeah, they are all great jazz musicians as well. All of them, they can read music. Yeah, you know, me, I cannot read music. I still can't. I know all of the chords, but yeah. I can't read music. Yeah. But I can play.
0: Yeah. Hey, you don't need a lot of And I'm very confident. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that with the, you know, the fact that uh, you're playing this African style, yeah. you know, you're playing this African instrument and it's so different. And yeah, you're bringing it towards the Western style. You're adapting what you do. Yeah. But also, do you feel like the reason why there is Afro jazz is because only a jazz musician with their kind of intimate understanding of music can actually... Kind of follow and cope with the craziness of dealing with something that they don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, see, this is the thing. If I want to be doing like the same things, like mm. all this, like John McLaughlin and, and all the great jazz musicians, it's not gonna make that much sense because it's a thing that it's been there already. Like yeah. Tech Five, everybody does knows what it is. Yeah, like the jazz standards. You know. Yeah. But I was like let me just try something different. Mm. Maybe if I'm I'm supposed to be playing Sutukung like one of Gambian traditional songs, mm-hmm. I'm not going to play it exactly like the way we played back home, but I'm going to flip it yeah. upside down and then combine it with um, some jazz stuff. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be jazz, but if we play it like jazz mm. and then combine it to the original one and then mix it together and something can came out of it
0: like something, something totally different. you know what i mean yeah i know yeah. what you mean yeah. so
1: yeah that's how it is man mm-hmm. yeah
0: have you taken this new sound that you have this fusion between uh the traditional chore music and the jazz and the western style music have you taken that back to your hometown have they heard your your innovations
1: not yet not yet yeah really I'm, yeah but the thing is okay i have to say this because it's had to get to this level that we are now. Yeah. So, and we're still trying and we still need help and sponsors. Yeah. Like if anybody that is interested on sponsoring our band, to be honest, we would love to go to Africa and play there and volunteer, Mm -hmm. play for free. We just want to go. But, you know, the air fares are so expensive, especially we've got a seven-piece band, including the manager. Mm -hmm. So... If anybody would like to help us to cover the airfields, we'll be more than happy to go and play there and show my
0: people what we do in here. Well, I think that sounds like a really, really important thing to yeah, do. Yeah. It's crazy that they haven't heard. <laughs> Have you sent that? What about the new album you just launched?
1: I know, I haven't. No, but I would love to. You gonna do send that. it to the? Yes, yeah. I, I will send few copies because yeah. I know so many people that works at radio stations and TV stations. Yeah, because. I am famous in Gambia too. You're famous in Gambia. Very famous, yeah. Oh, because I used to play with Yusufa. Yep. The
0: Michael Jackson of Gambia. The Michael Jackson. Yeah, of Yeah. So everybody knows me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's the thing we didn't talk about. You just released an album. Yeah. Yeah. We just released the album, but I have to say um,
1: big thanks to Creative Victoria. Yep. And Multicultural Arts Victoria. They helped us and they gave us a grant. Okay. So they sponsored the album. We mm. didn't spend a single dollar. So big thanks right. to them. Yeah. Yeah, but also we are, you know, still working hard. Yep. We wanna get to Africa, that is all the yep. next thing that we wanna do. Mm. If anybody is interested of sponsoring the band's Airfare to go to Africa, bingo, we will go there and blow that place up. Yeah. Just for fun. Because yep. I would like my people also to see the new thing that I have
0: created. Mm. And they should, man. You it's know, amazing. Should. It's they amazing should. what you guys they are should. doing. <laughs> the second any... I'm telling you, audience listening right now, you walk into the venue and you see these guys start playing and just blow your mind. You know, you can't, you can't stop moving. It's electric. <laughs> oh, thank it's, you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm. Um, I want to know, Amadou, uh, do you struggle in your life with something? Um, well, the only thing that I
1: struggled for is to get to the level that I am today. Because when I was a kid, I thought my dad hated me, but he didn't at all. Now I begin to realize what he meant. Because the idea of him telling me not to play the Chora, it's not like he doesn't want me to play, but he want me to complete my education, mm. you know, because, um, if you are not well educated, there are some things that you can not do by yourself. You have to ask people to do it for you. Mm. Reading and things like that. You know, he wanted me to be kind of independent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sad sometimes when I think and I'm like, oh no, I should have completed my education. But on the other side, you know, I'm like, it's not a major problem because I live in Australia. <laughs> I'm speaking English every day. I'm talking to my wife and I'm reading and I can write as well. So, it's not like a big regret to me, Mm. (laughs) you know. So, I think I'm good. I send my invoices by myself, even though I didn't complete my education. But there are so many things that I'm doing by myself without anybody's help, Mm. you know. I got it. I got this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so my struggle was um, to get to the level that I am today.
0: Mm. Back then, you know, when you were in Gambia and in the Gambia, sorry. Yeah. Did you dream that you wanted to be somewhere else or something, you know, be bigger, be a bigger (laughs) core player, better core player? Absolutely. Everybody wants that. Yeah. Especially when you are quite
1: young. Yeah. You know? (laughs) How old are you now? Now I'm 20, five. 25. 25. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that was like ages ago. Mm. Because I started playing when I was six. Yeah. So, yeah, ages ago.
0: And what did you dream of back then?
1: Back in the days I used to... That's always been my dream. I'm always like, I want to be like Michael Jackson, man. <laughs> I want to play in a big stadium where by, <laughs> You know, I want to be... Entertaining like hundreds of people, you know, going crazy on the Kora. Mm. But, you know, I want it to be my hometown. Because to be honest, nowhere is like home. Mm. Because there are some things that nobody will understand, unless if you are in your hometown. Because Kora, when you play in Kora, it's like sending message mm-hmm. to people. It's, it's a it's message. Storytelling. Yeah, exactly. So, but here... I would play all day. Nobody will understand exactly what I'm playing and what I'm saying because they don't know. Mm. I don't mean to be rude or anything like that, but, you know, it's different culture. Yeah. But that's why I decided to bring this kind of modern thing, mm-hmm. combining with my traditional and make creating something mm. new. Yeah. Something that that is very unusual, you know. Yeah. You know, so... I think it's a great thing. Mm.
0: Um, You have a really amazing story, you know? Like, somebody living in Australia from the Gambia. Yeah. This musician with this incredible kind of tradition, but then you've done something so new and so modern with it as well. Yeah. Do you think about music differently because you're young? Um,
1: Okay. See, this is the thing. Music doesn't have a border like you know Australia and New Zealand there is a border right <laughs> you're going to have yeah, you know what I mean Yeah, but music doesn't have that yeah it's just a gift that um, musicians got mm. like you will go to a level where you have to stop and someone will take over from there mm. so that's how it is mm. we just have to keep um, playing good music to people mm. and well educate them. Because education is not about just being in school, but it can be in so many ways. You know, singing about the world, or singing about something that is gonna motivate the young generation, and sing about good things about life mm. and humanity, about love, about everything. Because this is our weapon we don't have going we don't have anything, but like a musician, if you got something that is um, going wrong and you don't like about it, Mm. write a song. And then when people hear it, they will know that, ah, okay, this is their weapon. (laughs) So if they are doing a bad thing, they will try to be better. Yeah. That's what music is about. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, if you could change something Mm. about music, Mm. what would you change?
1: If I would change something about music,
0: mm.
1: what would I change? Yeah. Ah, interesting question. Mm. Okay, if I would change something, I would just be a solist because I love soloing. <laughs> but now instead...
0: <laughs> is that what every musician <laughs> feels? You know?
1: But now instead, I'm a singer as well. Mm-hmm. So I have to be playing the rhythm... So tightly. Unless if it's my turn to solo and then I solo and then get back to the riff again. But I love improvising, man. Mm. So, if I will say t- something about music, I will stop singing. Yeah. And just keep singing on the chorus instead.
0: Mm. And what language do you sing in? Mandinka. Mandinka. Yeah. That's your... Uh, the language you spoke back home. Yeah, back home. Yeah. yeah? Back home. yeah. But so you're giving some culture, ex- cultural exchange when yeah. you're doing it as yeah.
1: well. Yeah. But also, I think it's interesting for you guys to know what I am singing about. Yeah. So, you know, I had this idea. I was like, oh, no. The only trouble is I don't have a translator mm-hmm. that can translate every word that I'm singing in my language on a yeah. big sh- screen or something. Yeah. So... Now I'm trying, like, every two songs that I sing in Mandinka, the next two songs are going to be in English. Right. Yeah. So yep. I'm trying to work on that yeah. for some people also to know what I'm singing about. Because if I want to sing every single thing in my language, then it's going to be weird for some audience. The groove and the tuftup will be there. Everybody yeah. will be dancing. Yeah, yeah. Most wouldn't even care about what I'm singing about. Yeah. They just want to dance and go crazy. But also I think it's interesting for people to know what I'm mm. singing about. What, what are you singing about? I, I sing about different things. I composed one of my songs called Africa. Africa, that means um, Africa, we should have um, sympathy for the poor children and the children that don't have parents. Mm. And I wrote a song about the fighting that Africa is doing on the other side. Not in Gambia, yeah. but also it's not a good thing. What, what is the use of fighting and killing innocent people? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Just killing, killing, killing. What for? So I wrote a song about that as well. And I wrote a song about night flight as well. What? Night flight.
0: Night flight. Yeah. What's when, that?
1: Um like because I get motivated, like when I'm flying at night, I get inspirations from mm. the plane's engine. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. Because I'm kinda crazy, you know. I get yeah. my yeah, inspiration yeah. from everywhere. Yeah. So I wrote a song that called Night Flight. I will I will tell you which song is it in my album and you can have a listen. Just yeah. to make the thing shorter. I probably because we are running out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's great to have you here. Uh, <laughs> have me yeah, here yeah. Uh, you, no yeah. you ha- you had I have me you
0: yeah it's great to be here um, before we let you go Amadou <laughs> thank you so much for that and my it's pleasure been really cool binge thinking <laughs> with you. pleasure yeah. um, before you go though mm-hmm. can you tell people if they're listening to you talking and they're really interested in your story and they want to hear the music mm-hmm. of the Senegambian jazz band or yeah. they want to know more about you mm-hmm. how can they do that uh, they can either go to
1: my band page which is the Senegambian jazz man on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. I think I guess that's the only place that you can because once you like the page, yeah, and you fill out the details, and then you will be able to see everything, and you can get in touch with the manager if you wanna know more about the music or to ask me questions that curious you a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can just like the page. That's the only place that you can find us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I'm a do Suso. Yes. The legendary core player. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Binge Thinking. The and pleasure. thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Caspar Oxborough. Peace out.